With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. There's no bigger fan of the Iowa Hawkeyes than Iowa's premier dish retailer, Big Dog Satellite and Solar. If you can't watch live, there's no better way to record every game than the Hopper from Dish. Search or call Big Dog today and ask for the Hawkeye Tailgater Special. For one more beer for me. Exile means quality, so savagely. Best beer in all the land, brewed with a loving hand. From bottle, keg, or can, Exile Brewing, E-X-I-L-E. For me, E-X-I-L-E, let's drink football. Enjoy your The Podcast, John Miller along with Steve Dace. Let's talk a little off Dace does his projections each and every year. He's done that again this year. And he goes pick by pick by pick through at least the first round. Maybe uh, we'll delve in a little bit farther as it relates to where some Iowa players are going to go um, if he doesn't project them in the first round where he thinks Iowa's prospects will go in this particular draft. Let's start with number one, Steve, where you have the Arizona Cardinals taking Kyler Murray of Oklahoma. You also add what your preference would be for this pick, which you say trade down and then some. Yeah, I I think they need to draft Kyler Murray. And I don't think he's the best quarterback in the draft. I think Dwayne Haskins is. Um, I don't even think he's a top 10 player in the draft. I think he's 14th on my overall big board where I rank the uh, players that I would give around one through three grades to the top 102 players. Um, And I think I have four Hawkeyes on that board, I think. Um, But the reason why I think the Cardinals need to pick him is because if you're going to go off the grid and you're going to make an unconventional coaching hire like Cliff Kingsbury, and you're going to do it for a very specific reason, that there's a system that he brings to the table that you believe can revolutionize your franchise. Well, you don't pick a guy who, when he doesn't play Kansas, he still has like a 38% win percentage in his own conference coaching at his alma mater. You don't make him your coach in the pros and then turn around and say, well, let's just kind of half rear end it from here. So if you're going to go all the way with this, then give Cliff Kingsbury the best possible opportunity he has to be successful. And Kyler Murray is really the archetype for the quarterback for this system. And so that's why I think the Cardinals need to draft him. You know, people would like to say that Steve Alford fell up a lot in his career, which I actually don't <laughs> think. I actually don't think that that's true. Um, yeah, I'm not a huge Alford uh, fanboy anymore. Uh, I don't think he fell up. I think Cliff Kingsbury... Holy smokes, did he fall up. My goodness. Uh, five games below 500 at Texas Tech, and he gets the head coaching job at the Arizona Cardinals. Um, number two, 49ers. You projected pick, 
from Steve Dace, Josh Allen, Edge Rusher, Kentucky. Your preference is the same. You know, everybody's got Nick Bosa mocked here, and I wouldn't be shocked if that was the pick. But I just look at the general manager and John Lynch, and I like Nick Bosa a lot. I think there are four elite players in this draft. Now, I think there's a lot more players who could be elite NFL players. The reason that these four guys, though, are guys that I think, barring injury, regardless of scheme or situation, there's almost no chance they won't be impact players on some level. And those four players are Josh Allen, uh, Nick Bosa, uh, Devin White, linebacker at LSU, and Quinnen Williams, who's my number one player, the defensive lineman from Alabama, mm-hmm. who's basically a, an Aaron Donald clone. Those four guys, it doesn't matter what scheme you're running right now, if they stay healthy, they're going to be impact players. Now, I think there's all kinds of guys, though, that in the right scheme could be impact players. In fact, in this draft, I really don't think there's much of a difference between player 10 to player 50, And we're, to be honest. I think it's a really, really deep draft. But what I see in Josh Allen is when I look at the GM and John Lynch, I see a guy who uh, wasn't a highly recruited player like Nick Bosa was, uh, a two-star nothing that was offered by almost nobody, worked himself up to being a three-time All-SEC player, Butkus Award winner, National Defensive Player of the Year last year. He's got every football character intangible you want. And I just think that's a perfect match for, for what John Lynch is looking for. And you pair him with D. Ford, the, formerly of your Kansas City Chiefs, and you're running those two guys as your edge rushers coming off the outside, that's a pretty electric duo. It is indeed electric duo. Jets, number three pick. You talked about him just a second ago. Quinnen Williams from Alabama. That is also your preference here. Yeah, yeah, the number one overall pick. The Jets still letting it know, and they want to trade out. They got their quarterback last year. They want somebody to come up here and try to get ahead of the Giants for a quarterback. Um, but when the number one overall player on the board falls to you, and it also fits the gaping void on your roster, I don't know that you can trade that pick. I, I just think when you look at Quinn and Williams, you are looking at in terms of body type, in terms of, and, you know, everybody talks about the 4 8, 40. Hell, that's, yes, that's impressive for a man his size. Defensive lineman's not running 40 yards. I'm looking at that short cone, or I mean, that short shuttle, the mid cone, all those. Those times are right along line of Aaron Donald. And what I liked about what he did this year at Alabama, John, he was not, I, you know, Jonathan Allen was a tremendous player at Alabama. But he was all over the place, flanked by guys that were in that were first round picks in the NFL. Uh, he didn't have that last year, Quinnen Williams. You know, there's only one other Alabama defensive lineman that's probably going to get drafted, and that's Isaiah Bugs, and he's probably not going till maybe the third day of the draft. So Quinnen Williams got double teamed every single game, and it didn't matter. So I, I love, I think he's the best player in the draft. Number four, Oakland Raiders, who got uh, all of their scouts. They sent them home this past weekend because apparently John Gruden didn't know who to trust or what to listen to. Uh, Projected pick, Nick Bosa from Ohio State. Your preference is also the same here. Yeah, John Gruden and Mike Mayock, they're going to shed tears of joy if this happens. I mean, they get their Khalil Mack replacement. They still have two other picks in the first round. Everybody who doesn't think Quentin Williams is the best player in the draft pretty much thinks Nick Bosa is. And, you know, that story you referenced, you know, Gil Brandt talked this week about 30 years ago they had a scout for the Cowboys they were convinced was leaking stuff to Goose Gosselin at the Dallas Morning News. 
So they they told this guy they were going to draft some guy named John Junkin in the first round. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, the next morning, it was in the Dallas Morning News. Sources say this is the Cowboys are looking at. So, you know, scouts, have their contracts end after the draft. Mm-hmm. And whenever there's a new coach or a GM, they all get fired. And so I don't think it's that abnormal that the Raiders did that because those guys have already told you everything they know. You don't want them out there feeding information to curry favor with a potential new employer. So right. I, I'm not sure it's the, as big of a deal as that's been made out to me. Gotcha. Yeah, I was thinking, too. I mean, nah, never mind. That's a good point. Uh, number five, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Devin White, linebacker for LSU, is a projected pick. That is also your preference here. And why don't you just re- say for folks, the projected versus preference, because some people will say, of course, Dace, your preference is the same as what you're projecting because it's what you're projecting. But that's not what you mean. No, what I mean is what I think they will do. That's what gotcha. the projected pick is. And this is similar to Quinn and Williams. This is the number one need on their roster. And, you know, I saw that um, uh, uh, Riddick, um, I can't remember his first name, Lewis Riddick from the, the, the former Eagles GM, who's great on ESPN. I saw him say today that he thought Devin Bush was the best player in the draft. And, you know, I love Devin Bush, obviously. I watched every snap he played his career. The difference between Devin Bush and Devin White, though, is Devin Bush in pass coverage is a guy that runs really fast but he really wasn't that great covering guys out of the backfield. Now, I think if you allowed Devin Bush to be a true Mike linebacker, like in a 4-3, I think he could have a Mike Singletary kind of career. But what I see in Devin White is that is who he is. It doesn't matter what scheme he's in, um, uh, and and I just think he's one of the elite players in this draft, so that'd be a great pick for the Buccaneers. Giants at number six, the projected pick. Rushan Gary, your preference would be for Dwayne Haskins. There's a couple of players that there's late talk that they're sliding and I don't buy it. We'll get to one of them in a few minutes and I'll explain why. This is one of them in Rashawn Gary. Um, I think he should slide. You know, another guy I watched every snap that he played and there just was never a point in time on the football field. And yeah, I can show you lots of film where he's double and triple teamed, but I just told you how Quentin, Quentin Williams is getting double teamed all the time. He just never showed the production that you would want. But if there's one thing we've learned over the course of the NFL draft process, the, the athletic toolbox Rashawn, Rashawn Gary brings to the table, you know who else didn't have a whole lot of sacks at times in college? Jadavion Clowney. He was the number one overall pick in the draft. Rashawn Gary has that kind of athleticism. And so, plus at 280-some-odd pounds, you're thinking I could maybe play him three out of four positions on my defensive front. So I think the Giants should go with the quarterback here. They should take Dwayne Haskins. But the way their franchise is operated, I don't think they will take him at number six. I think they'll take the best defensive edge player available. I wouldn't pick Rashawn Gary for that either, but that's why I think they will take. Number seven, Jacksonville Jaguars projected pick Ed Oliver, defensive tackle Houston. Your preference is the same. Yeah, Ed Oliver is number five on my big board, which would typically be elite. But I think he's really scheme specific. All right. He he really has to play a Warren Sapp kind of quick in tackle for you and a four three. Well, that's the exact defense that the Jaguars play. So that's why I think he's a good match for them. Mm, makes sense. Um, Lions, Montez Sweat, your projected pick, edge rusher, Mississippi State. Your preference is the same or trade down. Yeah, the Lions have let it be known they would like to trade down. And 
this is this is the other player I was talking about earlier. I don't buy the late talk of him and the heart issue because we saw Maurice Hurst out of Michigan have the heart issue last year, and they never even let him work out at the combine. They let Montez Sweat do a full workout. All right. And, you know, Iowa fans, you got to look at this young man in the Outback Bowl. He's he pretty tough. Him. He couldn't block him. I mean, you go watch. You want to know the, one of the main reasons Iowa couldn't run the ball is T.J. Hawkinson is easily the best blocking tight end in this draft. We're going to call his name here in a minute. Um, he couldn't seal the edge against him the entire game. You know, so it's not just that Montez Sweat may have had the greatest combine workout for a defensive end ever. Dude ran a 4-4-1, faster than all of, like, seven wide receivers. But the production he had in college, back-to-back seasons, double digits, tackles for loss, sacks. So in the case of Rashawn Gary and Montez Sweat, what I think you have in both of those players is I think you have teams that are picking out of the top 10 that are trying to throw this information out there, hoping that these guys will slide to them. That's what I think is happening. If the heart issue is really a problem for Sweat, there's no way they let him do a full workout at the Combine. No way. I can't say that I've read every mock draft, but this is surprising. The Bills at number nine, you're projecting them to take TJ Hawkinson, and your preference is the same or to trade down. The Lions and the Bills are in a spot that if the Giants don't take a quarterback, someone would want to trade up there, say the Redskins, and get their guy. But you have a young quarterback, give him a security blanket. Uh, He's the best blocking tight end in the draft as well. So my principles of building an NFL team in this day and age with the way the rules and the game is set up is, it's, is, is there's three P's really that are priorities. You have to get the right passer. You have to protect that passer. And, and, and then you have to pressure the other team's passer. If you don't have those three things, you are not winning a Super Bowl, period. I don't care what else you have. I don't care what else you can do. If you don't have those three things, you're not winning a Super Bowl. So they got their franchise quarterback, they think, in Josh Allen. Now you give him a guy that helps uh, with pass pro, but gives him a security blanket. Here's the other thing, too, is I actually think Noah Fant, when we'll talk about him later, has, has a much higher ceiling as a pro. But the floor on TJ Hawkinson is, is as high as any player in this draft, meaning the worst you're going to get if he stays healthy is a 9- or 10-year pro. You know, you might, who knows, you might get Kellen Winslow, but the worst you're going to get is a nine or 10 year pro that you don't have to worry about his position for the rest of his career. So I think that's a good, safe pick for the Bills. If you can get a playmaker out of a protector, that's perfect. That's more peace for you. Mm-hmm. Didn't know if you picked up on that or not. I, I did. Yes. That, I added to the P train there. Uh, yes. Broncos, number 10. Um, Devin Bush, linebacker at Michigan, that's also your preference. Yeah, Vic Fangio was the defensive coordinator with the Bears last year. They drafted Rokon Smith out of Georgia, um, and I think you're going to see the same thing. Devin Bush is, is almost a clone of him physically, uh, and you've got to have an athletic middle linebacker in that defense, and this would be a defense that would allow him to be that presence if, – if, if you tell Devin Bush the middle of the field is yours, wreak havoc. He is a freaking Scud Patriot missile. He's a nuclear bomb. And that's what Vic Fangio's defense, I think, is going to allow him to do. Uh, next up, Cincinnati Bengals. The projected pick would be Dwayne Haskins. Yours is the same. And that is, what, 90 minutes away from where Dwayne played college ball? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think there's any chance he's lasting until the 11th pick. All right. But. 
since I'm doing a draft with no trades, the Bengals, I think, would would not hesitate whatsoever to get to the podium. Well, they don't get they don't drop their names off anymore. So to email uh, or text the the league behind the uh, green curtain there and tell them this is their pick, they wouldn't hesitate. No, they'd run. Uh, number 12, Green Bay Packers projected pick Andre Dillard, offensive tackle, Washington State. Your preference is Garrett Bradbury of NC State. Garrett Bradbury is one of my top 10 players in this draft. Very much like a TJ Hawkinson, the floor is exceedingly high, meaning that this is a guy, worst thing he does is you put him in there, and for 10 years, he's your center or guard. Best possible case scenario, he's your, you know, Will Shields. Uh, right. an award winner. Absolutely dominated the Senior Bowl. You've known me long enough to know I put a high premium on Senior Bowl workouts because it's the first time that these guys really go head-to-head for an entire for extended period of time against other top prospects with NFL coaching. But I think they'll go with Dillard here, and I'm fine with that pick, too, because he's the best pass protection offensive tackle in the draft. And Aaron Rodgers has really struggled with injuries. Former Hawkeye Brian Balaga is one of the reasons why. He has struggled to stay in the lineup the last few years. He's coming up on, can you believe it already, year 10? No, I cannot believe that. You would have won a lot of money for me. I thought I would have I thought six or seven. I know. I know. So, uh, so I think an offensive lineman will go here. And I think if Dillard is on the board, it will be him. 13, Miami Dolphins projected pick Brian Burns, edge rusher for Florida State. Your preferences for the Finns to trade down. Yeah, I've got Brian Burns here. I think probably new coach Brian Flores comes from the Patriots. They're looking for their Trey Flowers. They can develop. That may be Brian Burns. But if I were Miami, it looks like they're going uh, the NFL version of a tanking. So I would look to trade down here if I could try to bank as many picks as I could. Really a tanking? You think so? Right out of the gate? They're openly talking about tanking for Tua down there. Yeah. It's a big deal. There's a big debate happening right now in NFL circles. Can you actually tank in the NFL? Yeah. Um, I would think the NFL would be the easiest place to tank. The problem is getting, 50, getting 53 guys who are also auditioning for a roster spot on one of 31 other teams. Right. To all agree not to play their best. <laughs> that's not easy to do. Well, I mean, just just kill yourself at quarterback, and you're that's half the battle right there. Well, yeah, that and that's why you notice I don't have them taking a quarterback. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Um, number fourteen, Falcons. Christian Wilkins, Clemson. Your preferences also for Christian Wilkins. This is a guy I don't know if he'll ever be a Pro Bowler. I just know he's always going to be solid and. You know, what the Falcons really haven't had for a long time is kind of a face of their defense. And I think he's a guy, he's a winner. Um, I think he's like a Rhodes Scholar or something. Um, and we know from watching McClemson, he's one hell of a football player. And they got to get more physical and more size on defense. They have struggled with that for years now. Next up is the Washington Redskins. Drew Locke, quarterback. Your preference is Marquise Brown, wide receiver, Oklahoma. When Todd McShay at ESPN tells me, well, he didn't tell me personally, but when I listen to his podcast, when he, when he says that, that Marquise Brown, Hollywood Brown, is the fastest player he's ever scouted in terms of the speed he plays with on tape, that's good enough for me. Okay. Now, that being said, the Redskins have got to get a quarterback. If they stay here, 
I think it's Drew Locke, but I don't think they're going to stay here. I think they're going to they're going to trade into the top ten to get their guy. Just a matter of who their guy is. Number sixteen, Panthers. You project Garrett Bradbury, um, and that's also the same. But you'd mentioned him earlier. Yeah, he's the guy I would have picked if I were the Packers. Right. I have him going to Carolina here. Yep. I have them picking him here. Yes. Okay. Uh, the Giants trade uh, from the Browns or from a previous draft, right? Uh, projected pick is Daniel Jones, quarterback of Duke. Your preference, Clellan Farrell, edge rusher from Clemson. You know, Andy Stables at Sports Illustrated has a really wise observation, which is, you know, you'd think the guys in the NFL would call guys that cover for college football all year long for a living and ask us who's good. Doesn't mean we're always right, but you think you'd want our opinion, right? I don't know what this whole Daniel Jones thing is. I mean, I, I really don't. And this isn't, you know, an era where a Phil Sims comes out of a, a small school. where We never see these guys. I mean, for goodness sakes, we, we all knew who Carson Wentz was three years ago, coming out of one double A. We live in an era where we know who all of these guys basically are. And I, I just, I don't know. I, I just never have looked at Daniel Jones or watched him play and thought, yeah, it's a number one pick at quarterback, but I think he's going to be. And apparently the Giants are enamored with him. Now, I would I, essentially the Giants don't they'll end up doing what I suggest. They just did it in reverse. So they have two first round picks. I suggest they get a quarterback and, a, and an edge rusher. They did the same thing. They just got the they just got two. They did it in reverse and then they got different players than I picked. So it's the general plan that I suggested. I just would have gone with different players to execute it. Uh, number 18, Minnesota Vikings, Jawan Taylor. Tackle from Florida is your projection. Your preference would be Greg Little, offensive tackle from Old Miss. Yeah, I get worried when guys were overweight most of college. Then a new coach comes in, they suddenly lose a bunch of weight, and then they're really good for one year, and then they go pro. You know what I'm saying? It reminds me of something that – and that's the Juwan Taylor story. It reminds me of something Sparky Anderson used to say managing my Tigers when I was a kid. Give me a roster of eight everyday players that are all entering their free agent year, and I'll win you the pennant every time. Okay. You know, I'm a little worried about that. And now the Vikings need help up front. Number one reason, maybe the best roster in the NFL didn't make the playoffs is the offensive line let them down all year long. I like Greg Little more out of Old Miss. I think you are looking at, I hate to use this as kind of a cliche now, but the quintessential dancing bear, a guy that I think can be a pure left tackle. I like him better. Number 19, Tennessee Titans, Clellan Farrell. Edge rusher, Clemson, your preference is the same. Now, a lot of the mocks, um, our Hawkeye fans are probably listening or reading. Many of them have Noah Fant going here, but I don't see the fit because Tennessee is a run-heavy team, uh, and they really need an inline tight end. Hawkinson would actually be a much better fit for them. Fant is more of your flex-style tight end, so I don't see the fit there. I think it's too early to take Herb Smith of Al Alabama who's more of an inline guy. So the other big need Tennessee has is an edge rusher. I'll go with Cleveland Farrell from Clemson. Number 20 Steelers projected pick Brian Murphy, cornerback Washington, your preference, Lonnie Johnson's cornerback, Kentucky. Yeah, I'm going to call my marker on Lonnie Johnson right now. I'm going to do the Daniel Jeremiah bang scout, bang the table. I, I love him. I mean, I, I, I look at the guy that has Byron Murphy's sex, six, one, six, two size and has all the speed and athleticism that Murphy doesn't have. Now, the reason a lot of people think Murphy's going to be a first-round pick, particularly to the Steelers, 
is he's a no, no drama guy, you know what you're getting, you know, and if there's one thing the Steelers could use right now, it's a lot less drama, but I'm, I'm a big fan of Lonnie Johnson out of Kentucky. Uh, in fact, I think they've got two guy defensive backs that are being overlooked in this draft. I think the safety Mike Edwards is another one that he's probably not going to get picked at the third day. Next up. Seattle Seahawks, 21, just signed their quarterback to a four-year deal, the richest deal of all time for a quarterback or really any player. Uh, the projected pick, Noah Fan, Iowa, that is your preference as well. Now, this is a franchise that knows how to win with flex tight ends. Can you say Jimmy Graham? And while Noah Fan does not have Jimmy Graham's size, you're dealing with elite-level, uncanny-level athleticism at this position for a man of his size. You're going to be lucky if he's a willing blocker, let alone a good one. So put him in an offense where the quarterback has uncanny mobility, where he breaks defenses down by buying the time in and out of the pocket and allows a guy like a fan to to take advantage of broken coverages down the field or even better, keeps safeties at home because they have to respect his speed down the seam which really opens up opportunities on the outside. I think this is a great marriage. Would also be the first time in history that two tight ends from the same school went in the first round, the same draft, which kind of seems like it's going to be a foregone conclusion for tight end you. Next up, the Ravens 22 projected pick, Marquise Brown, Oklahoma. You would also advocate for that. Were he available here? Yeah, the Ravens don't have a good recent track record with receivers. But a lot of the same things I just said about Fant apply here to Mount. We saw Hollywood Brown do this with Kyler Murray last year at Oklahoma, right? Murray gets outside of the pocket. He breaks defenses down. Now imagine Lamar Jackson doing that for the Ravens. I think that's a, that's a great combination uh, that, that, that Baltimore will look at here if they, can, if they can connect the two of them. Texans, number 23, Gree Williams, cornerback LSU, also your preference. So here's a six foot, a legitimately six foot two corner, four three eight electronically timed forty, incredible analytics. This would typically be easy top ten pick, maybe top five. The problem is, um, if you look at his upper body and you saw it on the bench press, he's clearly underdeveloped. And I don't want to call him out, but Deion Sanders called and thinks this guy's tackling a verse. All right. He had 30 tackles for the entire season at LSU that last year, John. So too much speed and athleticism at a prime position in the NFL to not get picked in the first round, but too many intangible question marks to pick them higher than this. Number 24, the Raiders, second pick in this draft. You have them going with Irv Smith of Alabama. Your preference would be Debo Samuel, wide receiver of South Carolina. I love Debo Samuel. He is the slot. He is the archetype of the slot that is flourishing in today's NFL. But if you know anything about John Gruden's offense, man, you have to have a tight end. And you got to have a, a, a versatile guy that can be in line as well. There's one of those guys that merits anything close to a first-round grade left, and that's Irv Smith of Alabama. Eagles at 25, projected pick Jonathan Abrams of Mississippi State. Your preference is the same. This guy, in terms of the way the Eagles have built their clubhouse, he just fits just a dude, man's man kind of guy. And um, a lot of teams are playing nickel as full-time defenses today in the NFL with more air raids coming to the league. And so this is a guy that showed at Mississippi State. 
Iowa fans got to look. No, I think he was actually hurt at the end of the year. She so didn't get to see him at the Outback Bowl. But this is a guy who played in a lot of man coverage at Mississippi State as well. So uh, in terms of character and skill set, good match here. Yeah, it's interesting you talked about more nickel in the NFL because of the uh, air raid influences coming to the NFL. And you've probably caught some of this, but there has been a, a significant amount of talk and focus on this so far this spring with Iowa. Iowa last year, roughly after the Wisconsin game, making more of a move to a nickel set, that 4 2 5. Um, and Amani Hooker was playing that hybrid role. And it sounds like that is going to be a part of their their DNA to use Kirk Ferentz, uh, his line, going forward. And I think that that will translate well for more, more Iowa sending, continuing to send defensive backs into the NFL and certainly helps with recruiting when that's the direction that the NFL is going. Well, you uh, mentioned Amani Hooker. I, I think five years ago, I wouldn't have known where to put him. I, w- I think he would have been a classic tweener. but. You know, based on what you just said, I think he clearly goes now in the first three rounds. And, you know, my Lions just went out and signed a guy, Justin Coleman, to a, a multi-year deal. And because pro football focus and the analytics say he was number one in the NFL in slot coverage. And the Lions were the worst slot team, slot mm. coverage team in the NFL. And so that's that's how advanced analytics and 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 college, you know, it used to be NFL offenses influence college, right? You know, and now it's changing. Um, and uh, and and really, you know, it started with Bill Walsh when he was at Stanford, and he brought what became known as the West Coast offense to the 49ers. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, BYU's passing offense. But then, you know, for the next twenty years, a lot of what went on in the NFL influenced what we do in colleges. But it's it's reversing itself now. Yep, indeed it is. Uh, the Colts are – we just did the Eagles, right, with Jonathan Abrams? Yes. Yep. Um, Colts, 26, Jeffrey Simmons, defensive lineman, Mississippi State. Your preference is the same. Number 10 overall player on my board. He fills Indianapolis's biggest need. He falls this far for two reasons. One, he's coming off an ACL, and he's probably not going to be ready for the start of the year, given when it occurred. So there was an incident with him when he was in high school. Uh, hit a woman pretty hard. Uh, caught on video. Now the incident was documented. It was self-defense, or not? So, but he was actually meaning he was defending someone he cares about from this girl. But he, I mean, he hit her violently, and because of that, that's why Emily ended up in Mississippi State in the first place because he was a consensus like top ten national recruit, and everybody else kind of you know thought thought he was radioactive. While he was at college, though. Uh, Everything, you know, seemed to turn his life around clean. So I think the Colts go with that pick here. Number 27, the Raiders from the Cowboys projected pick Juan Thornhill, defensive back Virginia. Your preference would be Devo Samuel, wide receiver, South Carolina. Well, if you look at when where John Gruden was with, um, with the Buccaneers when they won the Super Bowl, strong up the middle, defensive tackle, the linebacker, uh, and and then uh, the safety play. So I think Juan Thornhill is a player very similar to Jonathan Abram that we just talked about from Mississippi State, just one that doesn't have the multi-year track record. But again, I'd go with Debo Samuel here. I mean, I you go out there and sign Antonio Brown and Tyrell Williams, uh, you get them in free agency and you trade for Antonio Brown, and you force teams to play them man-to-man because they can't 
leave Debo Samuel alone underneath. That's what I would do. Is That's the pick I would make. Number 28, you have the San Diego Chargers going with Cody Ford, offensive lineman, Oklahoma. Also your preference. Uh, just a nasty mauler. Uh, typical of a lot of guys that go at this point in the draft. Uh, right tackle who could kick down to guard, depending on where he's the most effective. My Kansas City Chiefs at 29, Jalen Ferguson, edge rusher, Louisiana Tech is a projected pick. You have that as the same relative to preference. See, we're getting into the part of the first round now where I think you can reach for need because you don't have a lot of needs. That's why you're picking down here. Well, right? you have you have to, anything on the defense, please. Well, and you go now the one thing about Ferguson is he's got some development to be a three down player. But the one thing he can do really well, and he did it as well as anybody in college football, pressure the quarterback. And if you look at historically, guys who pressure the quarterback in college usually are effective doing it in the NFL. It is one skilled trait that almost always transfers over. All right. And um, he, you know, he reminds me of, you know, I watched Frank Clark play every down in college at Michigan. There's talk your chiefs may try to trade for him right now from the Seahawks. He is very similar in terms of his body lean body type, very similar to, what Frank Clark was coming out of college. 30 Packers, Debo Samuel. Finally, poor Debo has been sitting back there in the waiting room. <laughs> Took him 30 picks to get his name called. Man, you put him in the old Randall Cobb spot. And he will have a heyday blowing coverages up underneath for Aaron Rodgers. I mean, that's, that's a, you, you know, you, you get Aaron Rod, you, you built up the defense with free agency. If you're green Bay, you get yourself a premier pass protector with your first pick, and now you just go out there and just get a weapon. And I think Debo Samuel is a weapon. Number 31, Rams, Jonah Williams, offensive lineman, Alabama. Your preference, same or Eric McCoy inside lineman, Texas A&M. Gil Brandt has Jonah Williams, one of his top 10 players in the draft. Far be it for me to argue with the guy who invented the scouting business. That's a little high for me. But I will say this. Um, you know, his athleticism doesn't jump off the charts whatsoever, but all this guy did was start every game his entire career at Alabama from the time he was a true freshman. Gave up one sack his entire career. Never missed a start. You know, and he did this on football's biggest stage. So maybe Gil Brandt knows what he's talking about. Number 32, Patriots. D.K. Metcalf, your projection is Greg Little. Your preference is Greg Little. Well, the, the Patriots are now going to lose their bookend offensive tackle second offseason in a row. But the reason I have them projected to take Metcalf here is you're talking about a guy at the best combine workout for a wide receiver since Calvin Johnson, but he's raw. He runs like three routes. But it just so happens that one of the routes he runs is the missing link in the Patriot offense right now, and that's a guy that can, that can uh, beat defenses deep. That's why they took a chance on Josh Gordon a year ago. So I could see the Patriots say, hey, year one, all you're going to do is you're running stop fades in the red zone and you're running go routes, you know, uh, between the 20s. And you're opening up the, off, the, the field for the rest of us. And if that's all you're going to ask him to do year one while you polish him up, then I think he can be effective for you. Players that you have with round one grades that you think would still be available for round two based upon this exercise. Hakeem Butler, wide receiver, Iowa State. Nikhil Harry, wide receiver, Arizona State. 
Eric McCoy, interior offensive lineman for Texas A&M. Lonnie Johnson, cornerback Kentucky, remember that name. Paris Campbell, wide receiver Ohio State. And a guy that you would freaking love, John, love. Okay? Put this guy in black and gold, and, and you would, this guy is like the embodiment of your strength and conditioning program. Okay? If you, Chris Lindstrom at Boston College. Remember the film of Quentin Nelson when he came out of Notre Dame last year? Yes. It just, it just raised your sperm count watching it, right? Just watching him just destroy guys. This guy's like that. He doesn't have, he's not quite that athlete. That's why he's not as high of a pick. All right. But, but this guy, Naz, when Nazareth wrote Hair of the Dog, they had Chris Lindstrom in there. <laughs> you would like him. Any, any, any Nazareth, I get that. I, I get that. Um, I, I think that that's – mark the tape. Iowa is going to have a center starter next year, barring injury, a redshirt freshman named Tyler Linderbaum from Solon, Iowa. Though his mama comes from West Branch, I went to high school with her in grade school, junior high rather. Um, that's the, that's what Iowa has in their center. Just a guy that's going to go out there, kick a bunch of ass, be nasty about it, and you're going to love him. Um, speaking of Iowa, Amani Hooker we mentioned before. Anthony Nelson, you think these guys are uh, you know top 100 players? I do. I think Nelson's probably got to go to a, a team that plays odd fronts or multiple fronts. I don't think he has the athleticism. Unless you play a 4-3 style where you ask him to essentially be a strong side and anchor end i don't think he presents the explosiveness off the edge but the size uh uh the the hand the hand technique um and the durability i think he's a top three round player um in fact in a couple of the mock drafts that i've done for with the draft network you can go on there with your favorite team against the computer picking everybody else uh and do like a one round or a seven round draft and in several of the ones I've done for the Lions, I've had because he's a perfect fit for Matt Patricia's defense, which is the Patriots' defense. Um, I, I've 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 kind of picked him sometimes when I've bypassed an edge in the first round. I've grabbed him in like the third round, all right. And then Amani Herker, we talked about him a few years ago. I wouldn't have known really where to put him, uh, but in today's NFL, where slot, you know, today's NFL is even more specialized now, you know, and. When we were growing up, there was the long, you know, we saw the advent of the closer. There was just relief pitchers, unless you had goose gossage and Raleigh fingers, you were in the bullpen because you weren't good enough to start, right? And then the closer became like the new thing, Bruce Souter and the Rolades Award and Dennis Eckersley and John Smoltz. And now there's right-handed, you know, middle relievers. You're seeing this now with defensive backs. And what Amani Hooker, one thing he's going to bring to the table is, you know, I, I don't know really – what I don't I don't know that I can play Greedy Williams, even though he's got an athletic toolbox far and away above Monty Hooker's. I don't know that I can trust him with the with with those question marks to start for me week one. With Monty Hooker, I know this: I can put him in as as my safety in the slot to cover situationally week one. All right, that will wrap up this installment of the HN Podcast. For Steve, I'm John. We'll talk to you soon.